Hi, English seekers. I'm Kylie. I grew up in and live in the United States where I teach English. I'm going to be the new co-host and collaborator with Neraldine on this podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about language and culture through the lens of learning and teaching. Let's get started. So, Kylie, what brought you to be a teacher? Well, that is something that I think I've had in my blood since I was a child. I had a younger sister who was eight years younger than I was, and I taught her how to read when she was three and I was 11. And then even on the school bus, on the way to school, I would teach other kids how to do their homework, how to write in cursive, things like that. I would come up with my own worksheets. Even in secondary school, I would come up with things to help other students. And eventually, when I got to college, I was an English composition major, and I started working at the College Writing Center. Hi there, I'm Neraldine. In English Seekers Podcast, we're going to be talking about the problems and the misunderstandings that hold you back from being fluent, and how to get rid of them in order to speak English automatically and confidently. That means that our focus will be more on the spoken English. Now, without further ado, you've got to do the best to be the best. Let's get it started. So we were talking about the College Writing Center and I was a tutor there and I noticed that my native speaking students had completely different problems than the international students that were coming into the center to work on their writing. I had a passion for helping people to learn the nuances of English. So aside from helping them with their writing, I was also helping them read the newspaper or navigate the cafeteria and things like that. And I made a lot of great friends that way. And in my later life, in my career, I was a writer, but I eventually felt like with the current climate in the United States, that isn't super friendly to newcomers that I wanted to give back in some way Mm -hmm. to show other people that we weren't really the way America is in the news to people coming to the United States. Mm -hmm. So I decided to volunteer at our local refugee center and I filled out an application and went in for an interview and they were looking at my experience in the past and I've done a lot of presenting for work and they said, you know, we think you'd make a really great teacher of ESL and civics. And so I hadn't really thought of myself as a teacher, but the more I got to thinking about it, (laughs) you know, teaching does seem like it's kind of in my blood. So ever since then, I've had a a real passion for it. I've really gotten into it and I find it really enjoyable. So what are the benefits of learning a foreign language? Because you spoke about the culture and international students and so on. So what do you think about this? Well, I really think that the benefits are myriad, obviously, but the benefits that are going to matter the most to you as a student are the benefits that align with what your goals are for learning language. So say, for example, you are really dedicated to learning business English. If you learn business English, it's obviously going to give you a leg up or an advantage in getting jobs that require English speaking. And there are rapidly growing industries that 
serve English speaking countries, whereas you can be part of those industries, you can live in those countries. On the other hand, if you're a person who just likes to learn language for the fun of it and wants to get to know other people, you can more easily travel to other countries and interact with the people there, learn more about other cultures. And that's one of the reasons that I like to be a language learner in addition to being a teacher is I just really like to get to know other people and what they're about and what their worldview is. So I think that that's also a really great advantage. And obviously, learning language helps with your cognitive ability. The more language you learn and the more languages you learn, the more you're able to think about other things and make connections that your brain might not have been able to make before. All right. What does understanding culture have to do with learning English or any other language? I love this question because I think that certainly with English, which is a language that's constantly growing, and certainly American English, people watch our movies, they watch our media, they hear a lot of words that are kind of new to them. And I think that the growth of a language depends a lot on pop culture. And by pop culture, I mean like modern culture, pop is short for popular culture. And it's the sort of culture that comes from everyday people. It's not mm-hmm. a play or a work of literature. It's more like seeing a funny movie or being in a chat room. And you can see a lot of language there that you wouldn't necessarily see in the dictionary. And I they think that, that yeah, yeah. So you can definitely, it's a lot of fun once you get at the point in your language learning where you're learning slang because slang is some of the most fun. Slang and idiom are some of the most fun things you can learn in the language. But one of the things that makes me smile the most is our Merriam-Webster dictionary, which is probably the most popular American dictionary. Eventually, Mm -hmm. those words that people have just made up to express new ideas that didn't exist before, if they're used often enough, will make their way into the dictionary. And they come out with a list of new dictionary words every year. And you'll see stuff on there like, Soccer mom, which is a a term that refers to a parent that their life revolves around their child taking their children to a sports practice, you know. And um, we have a lot of phrases like that that we use colloquially or casually that eventually make its way into our language. So I really think that the growth of language is influenced by culture and definitely not just regular culture, but the culture of young people. So the reason that English evolves so much is because young people see a need for words to express things that are new as technology evolves and the world evolves and the global market, just like the world is flat and we're all doing business with each other. And I think that that really is key to making sure that English remains vibrant. Yeah. So we're saying here that language affects culture and vice versa, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I I think that on the flip side of that, there are cultures where the language may not evolve as quickly as English does. And a lot of people think of English as being a modern language and a lot of modern technology and modern ideas. Well, the same is true, I think, for languages that don't move as quickly or grow as quickly. A lot of those cultures tend to be more traditional. They depend more on older people to um, kind of give them the right ideas and to keep them traditional. And tradition is very important to them. And I think that those 
cultures, the language also reflects that kind of traditionalism and that dependency on um, elder ideas. And you can really learn a lot about a culture by the rate at which the language itself grows. And in your perspective, Kylie, what's the role that teachers play in the community? Well, I think maybe I'm biased because I am a teacher, but I think that teachers really play a bigger role than a lot of people assume. People will look at teachers and say, oh, you know, lots of people are teachers, lots of kids go through school, you know, it must not be that special a job of so many people have it. But there was a lecture that I attended at an arts and education conference, and the lecturer's name was Chris Emden, and he's a really neat guy. He's a hip-hop artist, and he also has a couple PhDs in science, so he really piqued my interest. And in his, yeah, in his keynote, he's a really awesome person. In his keynote, he was talking about the concept that when you try to educate a student who may have other things going on in their life, and certainly I primarily teach adult students and adults definitely have a lot going on in their lives, but even children often have either problems at home or some sort of trauma they're dealing with. And if they're carrying those things around with them, and he used carrying as almost a literal thing, almost like they're carrying books or bricks or their hands are full of something, they can't accept anything else while their hands are full. And so his idea is that if their hands are full of this trauma and these problems from home, the only way you can help them to grow and learn is to allow them to express themselves. And I really think that teachers are imperative for allowing this to happen because they give children and students a safe space to be able to express their ideas and make mistakes. And it's really one of the few places in society where it's acceptable and even encouraged to make those kind of mistakes. And once the students can express themselves that way, they're giving up some of those things they're carrying and they're taking on new ideas, new worldviews, new knowledge that's going to benefit them later in life. So I really think that when it comes even to the health of a community, a teacher has to be there to make it so that people aren't holding these things inside essentially and they're giving them the opportunity to learn and grow and become better people. And I just really feel that that's one of the big reasons that I love to be a teacher. That's really great. So we were talking about how culture affects the language. And of mm -hmm. course, the teacher, as you mentioned, plays a huge role in bettering the community. Mm -hmm. So what if the students don't understand clearly when to say this word and when to say that word. I'm speaking here about the students, um, like ESL students, okay? So do you think that the language could be at some points offensive to the limit that it creates huge problems in the community? I do think that that's true. And we've, we're seeing it a lot in America right now because the world is watching us have all these protests and the main problem is that we have oppressed groups in America that have not been able to control the creation of language or the usage of language. And when yeah. there's one group that controls the usage of language in a culture, then the other 
oppressed parts of that culture start to feel like they don't have a voice. So there are certainly words that are used by that kind of ruling or oppressing class that sound really hateful and really harmful to the people who have a different experience in life. Yeah. And sometimes those cultures will commandeer those words and kind of recreate them to make them more of an empowering word than a word that is being used to put them down in some way. And I think that they do that a lot because they're trying to take back the power of that language and trying to give it a new role. And I really think that language is strong in that way because you can take the same word and you can have it used by two different groups and it means completely different things. And this is going beyond like the idea mm -hmm. in English, like y'all, you know, kind <laughs> yeah. of know about those words like live and live, but um, you have these groups that say, I'm not going to let that word mean that anymore. And we're going to take it back and we're going to make it a part of our rise and our uh, phoenix moment, if you will. We're going to take this word and use it as a stepping stone for better things. And I do think that that's a big part of American culture, certainly right now, as far as current events go because there are a lot of words that oppressed groups are saying this word is not acceptable anymore and this word is more acceptable and you see it both in mm. racial and ethnic communities but you also see yeah. it in like lgbtq communities they've commandeered different words that say this is how we describe ourselves now and you don't get to use that word to make us feel bad anymore and I think that's an extremely powerful change in language. And I know it happens a lot in America. I'm not sure how often it happens in other countries, but you can kind of see it in real time now by following the news and watching all the things that are going on. Because I think a lot of people see America as this kind of ivory tower on a hill and think, you know, they've got everything going for them. They have all this stuff going on. And there's a really, once you get down into the nitty gritty, like the fine details <laughs> of our civilization, part of the reason that language has to change so quickly is because our culture is changing so quickly in so many ways. And people are having to communicate differently than they did before. So I, I, I love that question. I think it's a great question. Thank you so much, Kylie. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to share this with your friends and have a beautiful and wonderful day. See you next time.